0: Welcome to the Well Workplaces Podcast, where we have authentic conversations with health and wellbeing leaders that are on a mission to inspire healthy change in the workplace. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and this podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle Health Group, Australia's leading corporate wellbeing provider, who are on a mission to deliver 5 million health experiences globally. Now to stay in touch with the latest events and podcasts related to Well Workplaces, you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, or on LinkedIn by simply typing in Well Workplaces. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Bart D. Vries, who is the founder of Up and the creator of the World's Healthiest Desk, according to professors at the University of Berkeley, California. Now, as a qualified physio, Bart, who hails from New Zealand, was sick of seeing people return to the environments that were injuring them. So he created a solution and that solution is Limba, to treat the root cause of back pain by creating products to improve and promote movement, increase knowledge, and promote a positive relationships with our back, all in the ways that are good for us, but also for the planet. And so in today's episode, we'll be talking about how eight out of 10 people experience back pain in their life and why Bart is on a mission to halve that stat. We'll talk about what's wrong with some of the desks that we use in the office and at home, some of the pros and cons of sitting and standing desks or sit to stand desks as they're known. We'll tackle the importance of pain and posture and does posture really matter? We'll talk about some of the stories around the process of designing Limba and we'll talk about some of the feedback he's getting from some of his amazing clients in New Zealand, especially. Let's head across to the show and let's chat with Bart. Welcome to the show, Bart. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, good to have you. And all the way from New Zealand, where are you in New Zealand today? I'm in Wellington. I'm 10 floors up uh, in a building overlooking the waterfront
1: of Wellington. I don't know if you've ever been here, but uh, it's been one of our worst winters, uh, Well, it has been our worst winter on record in regards to rain, and there's a big blue sky outside, so everyone is just
0: a lot happier than usual. <laughs> Great, yeah. I'm oh, in Melbourne. Actually, it's a it's a like really lovely day for first few days of spring and the sun's out. So it's kind of uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the winter on the winter front. So really good to have you on today to talk about uh, Limber and what you've created there in your business. It sounds very exciting. And, and I guess for the the context for for you probably more than anyone is that with this podcast with the people that might be listening or tuning in, what we've been talking a lot about for the last few years is we've been commenting I guess on the change in the workplace from you know all in office all now to remote and hybrid working and we have touched on the dif- different elements to that so the the physical uh, aspects especially and obviously how that connects into our mental well-being and I think for, for someone like yourself Bart uh, you've obviously created Limba with a specific problem in mind and i know with your background as physiotherapist maybe where you're coming from with all of this but maybe where we start here is if you can tell us the story of where the idea came from to to set up Limber and to address what is a big issue which is i guess back pain globally it's quite a big big problem so tell us all about that but well,
1: my background is a physio, uh, and I played professional sport for a number of years as well. And, and initially, my career worked in high performance sport. So, supporting athletes to kind of get their kind of squeeze a w- another 1% gain out of their performance. And then I came back and shifted out of that world and into the return to work world. So, when people have been injured and we're returning them to the workplace, or uh, people who have been out of work for maybe a decade or more with chronic pain. And it was just such a different end of kind of I guess the performance spectrum in many ways and it was a real introduction to what the majority of people in the world are actually experiencing and there's a huge disconnect between you know the science and what we understand about health and, and human bodies and what was being integrated into workplaces and I was sending people back to the workplace with back pain uh, or after being treated for back pain for instance and I just knew that you know within 18 months the way that their environment was set up was just going to send them straight back to me so I got really interested in preventative healthcare. I got interested in business as a way to uh, produce something that can then be scaled internationally and, and maybe have a kind of real tangible effect on people's health. And then I uh, started working in business and started sitting at desks and started getting back pain and getting back pain. And I started just experiencing all of the things that we know happen. Uh, and I looked around and I tried to find a desk that... Uh, would allow me to do everything I wanted to do and I couldn't and back pain's been one of these things that has plagued me since I was age 12 was when I first had my like my first episode of back pain and it's what inspired me to be a physio and so kind of heading into more preventative approaches around back pain and really digging into understanding back pain and in detail has become a life passion for me and the limber and this first kind of foray into furniture and creating what UC Berkeley professors now call the world's healthiest desk. It's pretty cool. And it's one part of like a, a much larger vision of mine to look at how we can halve disability from back pain by 2050. So it's just putting like a big, bold mission out there and trying to come up with solutions to, to that because currently back pain is the number one cause of disability in our world and with 80% of people in their life experiencing it. And it just. Doesn't need to be like that, and so we're, we're coming up with solutions and partnering with people to bring that down.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's such a big, such a big stat, isn't it the the eighty percent of of people? And it's you're right. It doesn't really have to be that way. And as physiotherapists, we both physios by background. When you go through that line of thinking or where you start with your education, we to find or as we as we see lots of patients coming through the door i used to say it's like pumping up a flat tire so if you're seeing someone you treat them then they go away and then they go back to their i guess it's their physical environment that they make sitting for example at a desk and then they come back to you and and in those we've got wellness centers but in australia for some organizations and so basically that physiotherapists are kept quite busy and it is what our number one thing that we treat is obviously back pain and neck pain as well and yeah and through the at the start of the pandemic we were actually seeing a lot of clients still and we were using different things like telehealth or virtual consultations but one of the big things or one of the big issues that we were seeing and where companies were spending a lot of their resources and time was looking at people's how do we set these people up at home so that they can do their work and in a safe way but we were getting photos of clients who were working you'll laugh, laugh at this but like, i'm already laughing because i've seen these as well <laughs> working out on like ironing boards and uh in their bed and it was gen like people were genuinely setting up ironing boards to create a standing uh desk for them or a, a standing moment in their day Using their laptop and looking down, and so you can see how I guess over the last few years that's become well. Firstly, people have been looking at their setups a lot more uh, critically, I think, and so yeah, it's been just been an interesting point in time, and no doubt with with your solution that you've provided and you're working on, you're probably seeing some really interesting uh, things as well by people purchasing your desks and and getting it. Some great feedback, no doubt. Totally. Well, it, like, two kind of points in that, which was
1: we, there was Kiwi Banks, one of our uh, publicly owned banks here, and they released some data around what people were spending before and after the first lockdowns. And uh, there's this line which they looked at uh, healthcare spending, they looked at chiropractic and pharmacy and massage spending. And there's this kind of line that was pretty flat and steady leading into lockdown. Obviously, no, everyone stopped spending in lockdown. And then it literally doubled. After people came out of lockdown, the amount of money that was being spent on uh, pain medication, chiropractics, physios, massage therapy, like back and neck pain just went through the roof. And uh, yeah, and we've had just some amazing stories come back with people who've been in pain for, you know, 15 years, uh, haven't been able to set up themselves in a way which allows them to work for long periods. So they were, they were working for kind of 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here, and really just trying to kind of get something done whilst being in a, you know in pain throughout the day. Uh, and just saying that it's unlocked their ability to be able to work normally uh, because they can move as much as their body allows them. And that was kind of the goal with the design of our, our desks was to create an environment where you're not limited by the, the furniture that you're using. You've got the ability to move in any which way possible from standing to floor sitting to anywhere in between from one environment to the next, you know, like you can shift around. And as you feel the need, you can react to that need, uh, freely and, and quickly without any barriers.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and so with your, with the desks, let's talk about that a little bit, uh, in a little well, bit of detail now. So, so that mobility that you're talking about there, I guess on a little bit of a, a, a side note, one of the things that is a fairly. I guess it's a significant part of office safety or, you know, an investment from a workplace is a thing called ergonomics, which is where you go out to, to work sites and you might look and assess people at their desks and ensure that things are at the right height, you know, and through that exercise you might see, and we yeah. see in our business, you know, uh, you're adjusting monitors or you're changing position, uh, you're getting the, you're changing the, the furniture first as a, as a first point, but what we also find is that one of the main messages for the client or for the individuals is often you need to just move more as well as, uh, you know, we can set up a perfect position on your, on your office, but you as, you as the human that's interacting with this desk, you need to move more as well. And so it kind of almost turned into a mini, mini, uh, consultation in some ways about general well Um, yeah, yeah. tell us about Limber and, and I guess the desk specifically uh, being known as the world's healthiest desk. That's a big sort of endorsement. A huge goal.
1: Oh, so, huge call.
0: oh <laughs> it, probably, it probably is though. So tell, tell us yeah. about that. Yeah, well, we took
1: that lens of, uh, like when you ask people, when you're doing a workstation assessment, you're saying, you know, you're, you're looking trying to put the screen at the right height, trying to have keyboards at the right height, and then you're plonking them in a chair, right? And there are either Standing at the sta- station or generally sitting. And what we found is as soon as the chair's in the environment, like good luck getting anyone moving because it's so comfortable and it's just like an easy position to be in because it requires absolutely nothing from our body. Uh, and once you're in it for 15 minutes, your metabolism starts to deramp. And then to actually move, you have to ramp your metabolism up. So like the internal kind of dialogue of effort required or inertia to get moving is just like Hard to overcome, so it's like a there's a physical built environment there which is just resisting movement. And we found that when we were doing the research for our desks, and uh, as soon as someone brought a chair up to our desk, it was like the ladder movement. And eighty percent of people who have an electric sit stand desk don't change height on it. Ninety five percent of a cranks sit stand desk people don't change height on it. and these are the, those were the real challenges that I was like, oh, the, the idea is cool. Once you get moving, it's fine. But the utility of actually using them isn't a factor, and that's a design problem. And so the, the aspects that make our desk the world's healthiest desk is that, one, there's the full range of motion. So there's the ability to go from standing to any height all the way down to the floor. Uh, and the floor is a new concept to many people as a working place, but the floor provides the most movement-rich environment you've got when you're working can't get rid of the screen you can't get rid of your keyboard you need to be able to interact with that if those things are thick, how else can we get more movement and the floor allows for these things called active resting postures uh, or what that's what they called in the research we kind of call them active working postures and what that means is that when you go to the floor it requires quite a lot from your body and those postures uh, on the floor be crouching kneeling squatting you know there's so many different variations you can do. They all require a little bit of activity from your muscles and your legs and around your glutes. And that little bit of activity from the biggest muscles in your body means that your metabolism keeps going. And that keeps the blood flowing to your brain. And that keeps your muscles working and, and, your, and your gut working and your immune system functioning. And, uh, and that's where kind of the benefits to health and the benefits to performance come from. Uh, So, ours is the only desk in the world that allows that full range of motion. And that's kind of the the biggest difference. The second thing is the speed of movement is a really big factor in how quick, how often people change height. So, one of the main reasons people don't change height in electrics at stand desk is it takes 10 to 20 seconds to change height. And we did our our kind of interviews within uh, a tech environment. And those are developers and designers who require low state. They are in deep flow states for a a long period of time. And if you pull them out of that flow state, it takes them 20, 30 minutes to get back in there. And so even if they're uncomfortable, they won't wait 20 seconds to change height because that'll pull them out of their work. Uh, So they'll put up with that discomfort while they're working. And again, that just promotes uh, inactivity, lack of movement. And so we use a counterweight mechanism. So there's no electronics or anything in our bigger desks. Uh, which means that you can lift it with your fingertips and it'll be wherever you want it faster than you can get there. Uh, so it becomes, again, it becomes a background operation. You, if you get uncomfortable, you just move. And you don't have to think mm-hmm. about it. You don't have to wait for it to happen. So that was the second kind of problem we really were trying to solve, the so range of motion and speed. And then just having the basics kind of all built in. So screen heights can be adjusted in, in seconds so that you can, Get, to the, get the screen to the rough height that you need, and then you don't have to worry about it. You, you can get your keyboard so that your wrists are flat, and you don't have to worry about it. You just kind of, it's there, it's done, and it's all integrated, and there's no extra purchases. It's just like, have a good workstation, have it set up perfectly for your body, and then forget about it and just start moving. Um, yeah, and then the, the final aspects are, we've built it all from sustainably forested wood. We've designed it in a sustainable manner. We've put long like lifetime guarantees on our minis and on our stool products uh we've built them so that they're very simple to fix if anything wherever to fail but they're kind of designed and built so well that they should never never really break and so there's like the the aspect that if if the environment that we live in isn't healthy then there's no chance that we can be healthy it's the Mm. kind of the design mindset that we took uh so sustainability is like a huge uh, an important factor for us as we grow our business and as is, is directly tied into kind of our health goals for people
0: yeah fantastic and they look fat yeah they look great as well the the photos that i'm seeing and i'm actually in the market for a for for something that does move i really like the yeah. idea of working on the uh floor as well it, for me it makes me think of uh being in japan and eating uh going to going to one of those restaurants where you uh, where you're sort of yeah. on the floor and having your, your dinner. Not, not that that's, a, that's not the same as working, right? But it's very much an active position, isn't it? And I guess when we talk about things like back pain or posture, like discomfort or, you know, often posture gets blamed for so much. When it comes to, to pain, we often talk about mm. the, the need for just general movement. As I was saying before around, you know, ergon- we do an ergonomics assessment on someone and you'd get the perfect position and then they want to go down. So then you're changing everything again. So it really yeah. got a solution there, but yeah. Yeah. And I think so. the, the Australian uh, new clinical here
1: standards for back pain came out uh, last week. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's an amazing standard created by a group of health professionals. But one of the key things to look at as well is that there's actually no research which correlates any positional posture to back pain or uh, like a being able to reduce the amount of back pain because you're in a certain posture. There's no research which actually shows that any way you lift, if you're lifting with a straight spine or rounded back, has any correlation to back pain. So these are, these are kind of myths that have kind of been perpetuated through the 90s and through a bunch of workplace standards that were created that have been in the last kind of decade or uh, two decades. Uh, the has really looked at that and gone, hang on, you know, it's not necessarily the position that the problem is the fact that someone just sits in that position for a long, long time. And the way I kind of generally talk about this is your back's like your finger. And if you bend it back, which your spine and your lower back is set up to bend backwards and forwards the way it's structured, same as your finger, it can go quite a long way back, right? And that's fine. Uh, but if you hold it there for ages, you know, if you really push it back as far as it can go and you hold it there for just a couple of minutes, let alone a few hours, like you are kind of at work, it gets really sore and it starts to hurt. And then you, you come off it and you're like, Oh yeah, that's not much fun. I can't move it anymore. Our, our body can cope with any position and our backs are so strong. Uh, mm. But when you put it in one position every day for a long, long time and you, and you don't give it that variety of movement, that that's actually the issue. Not, not the postural thing. There's no benefit of sitting up and, and, and slumping is, is a totally safe activity to do. And there's no correlation to back pain with that. It, it's about the movement and creating environments for people to move comfortably.
0: I love that you've said that. And I think, uh, the whole, the other word that's, um, interesting in amongst that, that gets used to overused a lot in, in, I guess you would call it our, uh, the musculoskeletal industry is alignment and that kind of idea of being in perfect, perfect shape or perfect alignment. And you feel oh. For for some of our listeners, that might be, oh, they might be thinking, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't be a certain practitioner that's telling me about alignment all the time.
1: It it creates uh, such a negative narrative about our bodies and it creates this protective, like, conversation in our head, you know, like, I need to be in this position, Uh, I need to worry about this angle and this angle, And and it kind of embeds fear and vulnerability as our kind of operating, I guess, our operating mindset around how we're relating to our body. I mean, really, our bodies are just so robust and our spines can take in like tons of force, literally tons of force through them. And when we hurt our backs, it's actually got more relationship to other factors, a combination of factors in our life, be it lack of sleep, poor diet, stress, you know, maybe lifting too much beyond our capacity without much of a warm up or, you know, all of these types of things rather than any particular position or posture that we're in. And so the, You know, a big part of what we have to do around back pain over the next decade is change the narrative so that people have a confident relationship with their body and their backs particularly, and that they understand
0: how strong they are. Absolutely. And getting them to, if, you know, someone was to purchase a a Limba desk, it's, it's actually facilitating that confidence because it's allowing that quick change of position and, you know, and, and in the conversations that I might get into throughout the week, with clients, it might be like, oh, but I've got a, I've got a standing desk at home. So I'm standing, so I must be doing yeah. some good things, but there must be, yeah. uh, there must be some research around standing desks, uh, you know, as a, cause, cause some people I think are going the whole other way where they're just standing all day and then they're all, all day. Of, yeah. yeah. So have you, have think you read anything thing, about that?
1: Yeah. I think the funniest thing that I get asked about is like, oh, you know, like I'm standing all day, um, and. Well, there's, yeah, there's a few things, but I think at the point where you're buying a mat to stand on because you're uncomfortable standing because you're standing for such a <laughs> long period, at the point where you should go, maybe I should be moving a bit more. And, you know, it's sitting in a chair isn't the end of the world, you know, like it, it certainly makes it harder to move from what we found, you know, like if you have a chair in your environment, you're less likely to move more. Uh, and we when we're trying to create an environment for people to move as much as possible, we just... Push the chair to the side, and then you either have standing or floor sitting, and every height like in that movement all the way between. And that creates an environment where you have to move more. You just got this. The standing stuff is really interesting because there's the general consensus is that it's not much different than sitting if you're just being in one position for a long time. And that's because our body is a movement system and wants to move. And anytime you're not moving for a long period, it gets stagnant. It kind of, You know, when like rivers have eddies, right. And they have Mm. that, like the water that kind of eddies off to the side and just swirls around and it stays there and stagnant and get stinky after a while. It's kind of like our body when it's still, it wants to move. It needs blood to pump through it to have it function properly. And so actually standing versus sitting, you just get a different variety of issues, you know, uh, if you're staying in those positions for a long time, the benefit of standing. Uh, is that you're probably more likely to do wander off and walk somewhere and do something. So there's a slight increase uh, in activity there, but ultimately we want to be putting our body through its full range of motion, and uh, our, our, particularly our major joints and our major muscles of our lower limbs around our hips and our ankles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have huge range of motion uh, available, but we start to stiffen up over time because we don't actually it to that end of range so that's where you know the floor comes in a, a bit more as well and i think people get often a bit i guess uh, fearful of the floor because oh i don't know if I'll able to get up after i get down that kind of thing but it's surprising when you have add a couple of cushions or a stool or uh, something that just makes it a bit more comfortable how they can do something for a little bit and it helps them for a little bit to get moving
0: yeah and i think as well with from the experience of being a physiotherapist everyone blames their glutes for everything <laughs> like it's like oh i got back <coughs> Must be the glutes and then, oh, I got stiff here. I can't get off the ground. So then the solution to that in a practical situation is let's actually do some do movements like like a, a squat or something like that, where you're actually exploring yeah. the range. So by facilitating someone to get into those hip flexion style uh, positions, you're actually then going to be alleviating that that uh, very blamed glute that's always blamed for pretty much anything and everything by not only the individual but but by the professionals it's kind of like the alignment thing or the posture thing where it just gets blamed but it's not really the the main thing yeah and generally work has been a place where kind of movement
1: goes to die you know like Mm. you've got like a peak of movement either side of your day where you go for a walk in the morning and do some physical activity at, at maybe at lunchtime or mostly after work and then there's this like flat line of nothing through the middle of the day and I guess what we're trying to do is is provide some little spikes and and elevate that just enough that your body continues to do what it needs to do throughout the day and that that ultimately helps long term but it it also helps right in that moment with your ability to focus your ability to problem solve and, and your creativity because it's pumping your nervous system and your brain
0: full of blood uh which is you know what your brain wants and what it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so with Limba, there's obviously a, a this is a place where individuals can go and and buy things for home, uh, for their hybrid setup. I'm imagining as well that there's, within your, within your business, there's an opportunity for organizations to look closely at how they're setting up their, uh, hybrid setups, but also in the office, how they can make more of an activity based environment, which is um, I've been chatting on this podcast with some other some workplace designers. And yeah. what they've been saying is that the the new workplace or the future of work is all around collaboration, but you still need to be able to work probably and probably tune into a, a dial-in or a computer. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah. from your perspective, Bart, what's what's that future of work look like for for you with Limber or where's what's the direction you're heading in with with your business and and maybe are there yeah. any clients that you currently have where they're Engaged with the the service already. Yeah. So we've got, we've got people like Xero
1: who uh, are in Australia, all over the world. They're the accounting Mm. software. They've got uh, roughly a hundred desks through some of their uh, New Zealand and Australian offices. And they're using them as activity zones. So they're kind of hot desking zones. They don't have a a full floor kit out of them, but they're creating an an area where there's kind of more movement, more connectivity, less of a fixed desking space per se. Uh, and that's just breaking up the workspace and creating a an environment where people can be a bit more active, and also giving people who suffer from pain and and different things in their body a space for them to work and for them to kind of um, have the full flexibility of our options. There, we've also got people who or offices that are, are taking a kind of the next step, which is then setting up meeting areas, uh, you know, library quiet areas. That are floor based. That there's like a, a yeah, cool a, a seated area or a space within within the office which is floor based with cushions. It's kind of the same effort that's going into their breakout zones, but they're just deciding to put it down on the floor whiteboards that are resting against the wall, so that there's this more of a it's up based to explore that as small groups. And we find that that's really uh, quite powerful for small groups when they're problem solving or workshopping something. Is that ability to on the floor moving around the floor kind of uh writing something on a whiteboard quite low uh it's much more interactive and it breaks down uh kind of power and hierarchy to a certain extent that allows for true collaboration and a much rare level of collaboration there's not much research out there that kind of supports that directly other, other than some stuff around chairs that don't have backs uh People, if you have a group of people who don't have backs on their chairs, they're more likely to spit around and talk to each other versus uh, people who have backs. But yeah, so there's that level. And I think if we put that out in the future 10 or 15 years, um, I think we'll see workspaces that have far less chairs and have these higher working spaces and these low working spaces and have areas where people can have lower tables to do collaborative work from and the floor will start to be ingrained a little bit more. And I think that's, yeah, that's definitely what we'd love to see more of and, uh, and are pushing for, and using a kind of a local design sensibility for that. So it's really uh, cohesive within our culture.
0: It's not, you know,
1: it doesn't feel foreign. It feels uh, totally, uh, totally us.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great vision for the future. And, when we, and we know the future of work's all about collaboration and and also products or services or technology that actually facilitates more, more human connection, not less. Whilst we'll be using technology still to communicate and, and maybe automate some of the things that we, that we are more administrative, we'd love yeah. those, those spaces that are more collaborative and, and well done to you, mate, for, um, for creating Limba and, uh, for anyone that's listening that, that wants to check out. Uh, Limba, head to limbalife.co to yeah. check out what that's all about. And I will be definitely getting off this bar and having a good look myself. Because as I said, I'm, I'm in the market for something that keeps me keeps me moving while I'm working from home. But yeah. thanks so much, mate, for your time. That was really interesting. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been wonderful to,
1: to chat. And yeah, if anyone's out there that wants to chat with me, I'm, I'm open and available for convos and love catching
0: up with like minds. So uh, please reach out. Thanks, mate. Thanks for tuning in to another Well Workplaces podcast. If you've loved the show, it'd be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at Tom at Wellworkplaces.com where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.